be in the house of God this morning. So this is my first message uh, for 2016, and uh, excited to be here with you all today. Really, I want you guys to know that Pastor Josh and I love pastoring this church and this community, and uh, we truly love you, and I truly take it as an honor to be able to get up and to share God's word. God's word is powerful, and it's effective, and it will accomplish what it's set out to do, and it's truly an honor to be able to share his word and to teach people who are hungry for growth, who are hungry to grow more in him, who desire to please God, who desire to please in every area, even the tough areas, even the areas that, you know, get personal, if you will. And so let's just open in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for this congregation of people today. God, I thank you for the community that we have here at Vision Ministries. God, I thank you for generous people. I thank you for people who desire to give and to sow into your kingdom, Lord God. I thank you for people who desire to grow and mature and trust you in all things in their life, Lord Jesus. God, today as we share your biblical truths about money and and money management, Lord, I pray that you would help us grow wiser, that you would help us be able to take what we learned and that we would really be able to apply it to our lives. And God, I thank you, Lord God, What matters more than anything is our soul, Lord God. And God, I pray for every single soul that's represented in this place today that their soul would be secure in you, Jesus. God, I thank you that their heart, Lord God, would be open to your gospel and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So money matters, okay? Pastor Josh and I, if you guys know us, this is not our favorite subject to share. We usually typically only talk about it once a year and, uh, it's something that we some go into sometimes dreading, but the Lord has convicted us of that because we see in his word that Jesus talks about money quite often. Some biblical teachers have said that he's actually talks about, has talked about money in the New Testament more than both heaven and hell combined. Now, I haven't went back to study that myself to see if that's true, but I've heard that many times. But 11 and 39 parables in the Bible are about money. And in just the Gospel of Luke alone, one of seven verses talk about money. Now, it's not always worded just money. It could be treasures. It could be worded in in different ways. But if you look at it, we see that money matters to God. Not because God needs our money, but because God wants our hearts to be fully his. And oftentimes, we have a hard time giving him our, our full heart. And sometimes that's tied into money. And so today we're going to break down a few things. But before we even break down what I want to do here, I want to open with just two scriptures that I think are very foundational in this teaching that I believe can really sum up these last two weeks. Now, if you weren't here last week, Pastor Joshua laid an excellent foundation to this series of Money Matters. I would encourage you to go online to our website and to listen to his sermon because last week was um, quite a, it was our first kind of snow that we've had in a while. And so it wasn't um, as full as we normally have it. And so if you didn't hear that, that really does kind of lay a foundation into what I'm going to go in. I'm going to build on that today. So go back and listen to that. But these two scriptures, which are also foundational to understanding the biblical concept of finances is in Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 and Hebrews 13, 5. I'm going to read from the NIV version. It says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Cast but a glance at riches 
and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. I'm going to tell you what, man, that's how it feels sometimes. Y'all know what I mean, like after tax return and you feel rich for like a hot second? Uh Uh-huh. It flies, don't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Hebrews 13.5, it says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and learn to be content with what you had because God said, never will I leave you. See, the main theme in the Bible about money seems to advise against being attached too much to it and pointing that wealth can be fleeting. But the Bible also encourages us to trust that God is our provider rather than trying to build up and hoard a large amount of wealth for ourselves. Today, I I hope to inspire you to honor God with your full heart and including to honor God with your wallet. I hope to inspire you to realize that money matters and, and I want to break down the way that I like to do in an acrostic the word money and talk about five reasons why money matters to God. Number one, and if you had to talk it over, sheet, if you're old school like me and you don't really like to follow around on your smartphone, you know, my smartphone, I must have dropped it. It looks like the twilight zone now when I look at it. It's, yeah, but I'm too cheap to, like, pay extra money. I'm waiting for my upgrade, so... <laughs> If you're old school like me, go ahead and pull out your bulletin and pull out that talk it over sheet, and you'll see the very first full, uh, fill in the blank there says, one, the first reason we're going to talk about today why money matters is money measures our commitments. Can you say measures? measures? Money by no means is the only way to measure our commitment to Christ. But to say it's not an indicator at all would be optimistic at best and foolish at worst. The following quote is from Billy Graham. He says this, give me five minutes with a person's checkbook and I will tell you where their heart is. You may have also heard this saying, two things could determine what a person really cares about, their calendar and their checkbook. See, our time, friends, and our treasure are two things that people greatly value. I want to ask this question. Does your checkbook value the kingdom of God? Matthew 6, 19 and 21, Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Anyone who lives in the south end knows that's the truth. Where thieves break in and steal. We said we're done with rollaways because every time we've got a rollaway, it's literally rolled away. But Jesus says this in verse 20, But store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, God cares about our heart and our checkbook just points to what's in our heart. Our finances just point to what's in our heart. If we really value the kingdom of God, then our money will reflect that. You could look at a person, the way they spend their finances, the way they manage their, their, and steward their funds and their finances that come into their house and see what's important to them. Maybe it's making sure your kids are in all the sports and all, all the clubs and, and, you know, getting a good, well-rounded childhood. And that's, that's great. Maybe it's in having the, you know, best movie collection in the world, you know, and you, you're basically like the new uh, movie center and you just, you have, yeah, the blockbusters or whatever, you know, and you, that's very important to you. Maybe it's making sure your car's decked out with the rims and the sound. And you remember back, back in the day when, you know, it was going down the street and it was bouncing, you know, maybe that's really important to you I, and your finances show that. 
sure if you are a Christ-centered person, then hopefully your finances show that God and his kingdom matter to you. You're sowing into your local church. You're sowing into missions. You're sowing into um, spreading his gospel. Friends, it's not always easy to honor God with our checkbook. Last year, you may recall, we had a banner out here, and it showed some of the goals that we had. And one of them is we were hoping to raise a significant amount of money. I think it was $20,000 to help uh, with our building fund, basically. And the reason why we were asking for this is because you may recall that our elevator broke down right after our banquet last year. And uh, this was kind of significant because if you live in the neighborhood and you are disabled in any way, you really need that elevator. You could get into our building with our ramp to the dining hall, but if you want to come up to the sanctuary, which is the goal to get people from Vision Kitchen to Vision Ministries, right, so they get them from where they're not just receiving but where they're giving and where they're experiencing God. And so we felt it was very important to get this elevator fixed. Well, this elevator uh, is, very, as you know, this building is very old. So we, we did our research. There's only a couple companies that really do elevator um, repairs. We contacted one, and uh, they were very generous with us, but the quote was $32,000 to get the elevator repaired. Now, mind you, that was more money than we had in our bank account. And so we talked to these guys, and they understood our position and where we were at, and they did something that's unheard of for a company. They said, we will, you put a down payment down, and we, we will allow you to pay it off in 18 months, interest-free. Interest-free. Did y'all hear that? Interest-free. You can't even buy a fridge at Best Buy interest-free. Come on. Interest-free. $32,000 interest-free. For 18 months. Now, we put $10,000 down. It was right after our, our banquet time. We had a little bit of extra, not 32000 extra, but we had 10000 We put that down on it, and we've been paying $1,200 a month. And so we put it out there that we need help to pay this off. Now, it will be paid off. So far, we've made every payment, and if we continue on this path, it will be paid off, um, I believe, in, in June or July. So we've been doing a good job, but that's been people giving above and beyond. There's been people who said, I'm going to make a commitment to give towards what we call our capital campaign, which is basically our building fund. Pastor Josh and I also made a commitment. Pastor Josh is a man of faith, and he has been testing me when it comes to finances since day one. The first test, and I'm, I'm, I'm going backward to go forward, so just bear with me a minute, okay? I'm going to tell you what, what happened with the elevator, I'm a, but I'm going to go backward. So when, when Josh and I first planted the church, we did so in faith, and the first few months, uh, we didn't even collect a salary. And um, for the first um, few years, we didn't have insurance. We just had thing after thing. It, it was really a step of faith and still is to this day a step of faith because um, planning a church is, is hard work. Then inner city, well, that makes it even more fun <laughs> and hard at times. And so very early on, we sat down with missionary friends who were going into um, a third-world country, and uh, Pastor Josh sits at this meeting with me and, and them, and we're eating. And he says, before discussing it with me, we are going to commit to $100 a month to your, to your mission work. And, I, you know, I'm trying to smile and stuff. And I'm thinking, where are you getting this $100 a month? I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I know he didn't just commit to these missionaries my grocery budget because that's about what it was at the time. You know, I think at that time we only had uh, – two kids, and they were babies, so I was the main food resource for them, you know, but I'm thinking, are you kidding me? 
I submitted. It was hard work, but I did. Went home, prayed about it. And I'm telling you, when we did that, God just opened doors. When we did that for a whole year, somebody and we did, it was giving us $100 a month to offset what we gave. God made a way, okay? So I learned early on, when this man says we're going to make a commitment, I don't even question anymore. Now he's like, oh, we're giving away a TV that we bought for our kids. Cool, let's do it. He's like, come on, we're going to do it. I'm like, come on, let's do it. So he made a commitment to, that we wanted to raise $20,000 um, to help with this elevator. He made a commitment that we were going to give 1000 of that. And I was like, Whoo! because that hurt for a couple of reasons. One, it, it, we just... Our taxes got messed up that year, and, and uh, which was last year. <laughs> uh, taxes with ministers are always always interesting. We always want to do the right thing, and so we ha- had to make an amendment again. Second time we had to do this, and uh, we already had our tax return back and already spent it. I told you about you know it grows wings like eagles, right? We had fun and it was gone, and now we had to borrow money from my parents to pay back. Uh, you know, basically we, we, Uncle Sam. And so we had to do, make this day, and we've already made a commitment. So let me tell you, it was very difficult trying to make that commitment. We got to December, and we gave for the whole year towards the elevator 50 bucks. It's December. We made a commitment. Boy, God was opening doors. I'm like, God, please help us. I want to honor my word. We, we've said that we were going to do this. You know, we filled out the paper. We marched it on the sheet. We, you know, who, who are, what kind of leaders are we if we don't make this commitment? And so God was opening doors. I was able to speak in some other places. We were able to get some, um, Josh was doing some side jobs. We were able to start paying that off. So we got to the, to the very last week of December, and we only had $160 more that we um, owed towards our commitment. So we were booking it come um, December, right? And so December 31st, we got paid. Now it was after Christmas. My four little babies, I kind of went just a little bit fun with them, you know, because I, you know, my, Mrs. And, 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 uh, Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus are my mom and dad, so it kind of runs in the, in the genes. I just had fun with my kids on Christmas, and so we're broke, Right? But I owe $160 because I made a commitment. So there goes that grocery money again. I said, come on, babe, let's do it. And and this time it was me saying, come on, babe, let's do it, not him saying it. He's like, you know, well, we came close. And I'm like, nope, we made a commitment. Let's do it. I'm like, and I got to do it quick. Like, I got to go to the bank right now and get it out. Forget a check. I got to get the cash out right now. And I need to drive up to the office. I know it's not even office hours today, but I'm driving up and I'm going to put it in the envelope and I'm going to text Dawn. I'm going to let her know it's sitting there ready for you. And that's what we did. And friends, I'm telling you, it was like <gasps> such a relief because I knew And I'm not saying this to boast of myself because it was hard. (laughs) It was hard making that commitment. But I knew we made that commitment, and I wanted to keep it because I want my checkbook to honor God. I want my word to honor God. I want to love him in every area of my life. And God comes through when we do that. And since we've done that, I'm telling you, the blessings of God have really come through. Money measures our commitment. It's one measurement. It's not the only way to measure our commitment, but it is a way. And so, friends, look at where you're giving your money at. It measures what you're committed to. Number two, money matters because it opens doors for the gospel to be spread. This is my favorite right here. Malachi 3, 8 and 10. Pastor Josh read it last week, but it bears repeating. 
It says, will, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. See, when we trust God and give him our first tenth of our income, not only will he open doors for us, he will open the floodgates of heaven. It's his word. He says it. He says, test me and see. We live more on just living off of 90% of our income with God than on the whole 100% without him, friends. See, some people teach that tithe is only an Old Testament practice and that Jesus never taught it. And, and, and uh, you know, they say it was just Old Testament, not New Testament. But that is incorrect. If you read the gospel, um, Jesus and Paul talk, talks about obeying in this area. Matter of fact, Jesus said in, in Matthew 23, 23, he says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and, and uh, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then he says this, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So what he is saying is, listen, the tithe is not the most important thing, and you guys are really working hard and making sure you're getting your tithe. The most important thing is love and mercy and kindness, and, and these things are more important. But you, you should do them both is what he's saying. And, friends, we should. We should do them both. We should love our neighbor as ourselves, as the Bible says, the greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, and the second is like this, to love our neighbor as ourselves. But, friends, we should also show that we love God by obeying him and giving him an offering, by giving him our tithe, by giving him a tenth and saying, okay, God, I trust you with my money. You are my provider. The New Testament believers actually gave much more than a tithe. You can read this in the book of Acts. When these people <laughs> came to Christ, I mean, there were some of them, it says, that sold their homes and sold their land and, and took that money and gave all of it to the apostles' feet so the spread of the gospel could happen. Friends, they gave everything. This is the only way for us to, this is a great way, not the only way for us to store up treasure for ourselves in heaven by giving away our treasure here on earth. My friend uh, Delena, some of you guys might remember her. She was, she took a mission, uh, she was a missionary for, for probably about a, 10 years to, to Laos. And Delena was she was already kind of established. I just heard on Kayla, they say after 40, you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to like change your career path. Cause that's not wise, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what these, who these people are, but they're say, experts say after 40, you really shouldn't change it. Here she is a little uh, beyond that, had a good job at UT, um, university of Toledo and had her house, you know, it just established single woman. And she feels this call to go to Laos. Well, she sells her house. She quits her job. She does all these things and yet is still short on the budget that she has to raise to go to spread the gospel. Another couple who is a godly couple, what they did is they bought a house. And uh, one of the things that this guy does to make money is he buys houses and he flips them. So he'll buy a house and he'll put repairs into it for a low price. And then he sells them. He's a he's very great construct. He actually did some work in our church for us when we first started really good at construction and stuff. And he ended up selling that house and gave her, I believe, all the money. Yeah, he gave her all the money 
for her to go on a mission field. Friends, what an awesome thing to be able to do. To Now there's people in that country. They said that it would be experts again said it would be a surprise if one came to Christ like in maybe three or four years. I mean, they were having so many people come to Christ that one of the missionaries that went there is now banned from the country because that country is illegal to share Christ. They're on the blacklist from that country. Friends, I'm telling you, they did such a good work. There's like revival happening. There's all kinds of students coming to know Christ and whole villages coming to know Christ. But it would have never happened if it wasn't for generous people who said, I'm going to sell this house and give everything. That's a little more than a tithe. That's like, that's, that's faith, friends, to be able to do that. Look at Jesus' ministry. It, it, when you read the Gospels, it was, it was business women who supported his ministry with their own funds. Yeah, there was times that he needed to pay taxes and he did supernatural things like, hey, Peter, go fishing. All right, Peter, go fishing. I need to pay this tax. Hook it up. Peter went fishing, got a coin. That's how he paid it. But the most of the time how he paid is these sacrificial business women went around and supported the funds, the, the ministry funds, because it cost money. It just does. We feed 1,500 people uh, uh, or 1,500 meals a month between 1,000 and 1,500. Friends, that costs money. That costs money from other churches pouring in, and that costs money right here. You guys help support, ha- make that happen. Right here at Vision Ministries, it's because of you guys that we're able to feed these people. It costs money. But how awesome is it to be able to invest and sow in to the kingdom of God? I've, I've been on the receiving end, and I've been on the giving end. When we started our church um, now nearly, well, we actually was in our home for a year, so it's been 10 years. But the church here has been going for nine. And when we first started and we were getting ready to buy the building, we didn't know how we were going to do this. Now, mind you, at that time, we were, like, just 25, didn't know what we were doing. Um, and you know, we were like, how are we going to raise this money? We didn't really know anyone. Well, we met with a pastor in Bowling Green. He sat down with us for lunch. We just thought we were talking. And he said, I'm giving you guys $20,000 to put a down payment on that building because I believe in the work of God in you and the work of God is going to happen here at Vision Ministries on South and Broadway. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Friends, I am telling you, God wants us to use our finances to open doors so that people can know Jesus. And we're seeing it happen over and over and over again. It's why money matters. It's because God uses, for some reason, he chooses to use us. He chooses to use people, and he chooses to use what we have to help spread his good news. Another reason money matters to God is because money helps the needy. Money helps the needy. Simply put, friends, we're blessed to be a blessing to others. But as Pastor Albert said, oh, yeah, I heard you, brother, when y'all men had your Bible study on Wednesday and us women, we kept turning up our, our, our thing. But you know what? I loved it because I'm a little ADHD, so all the rest of the moms are like, it don't bother me. I'm a mom. I'm focused. I'm like, I got four kids, too. But I'm like, what are they saying over there? <laughs> and I heard you say something, and I said, that is good. He said this. Yeah, I heard as I was teaching. I'm multi-talented like that. He said, if you don't got two nickels to rub together, how you going to be a blessing to someone else? <laughs> and I thought, man, he said it like only Rev can say it. It was awesome. And I thought, that is so true. 
Some of us are so stuck in poverty, we can't be a blessing to somebody else because we are just stuck in a rut. God is saying to us, he doesn't want us to be the person who is beat up and robbed on the side of the road. He wants us to be able to be the good Samaritan that helps them. But we are so busted and broken sometimes that we are such, we're so used to being in a state of being busted and a state of being broken that we don't know how to bless somebody else, friends. And God wants to deliver us from that poverty mentality that we can bless others so that we can give to those who are truly needy. See, Matthew 6, 2, and 4 says this. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Nowadays, advice that when you do something awesome for God, don't go on Facebook and put a post and make sure you tag all your friends in it. All right? He says it like this. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your giving can be as simple as Jesus said, whoever gives a cup of cold water to the least of these has given to me. Do you know when you give to the needy, you're given to Jesus? He said, you know, when have we fed you, Jesus? When have we given you water? When have we visited you? He said, when you've done to the least of these, you've done to me, friends. Friends, God has asked us to step out and to be a blessing to others. We have to realize that we are blessed. I know uh, so many people who, who do so many awesome things. I know a man who literally gave his winter coat to a, a homeless person off his back. It was the only really winter coat he had. And then this man, for, for most of the winter, before his wife actually took notice, was wearing more of a dress coat before he went and got him back, a, you know, a normal, you know, winter coat. But what a blessing. He did it in such secret that his wife didn't even know at first. What a blessing. I know people who've dropped cash off at other people's house, ring the doorbell and, make, and, and run away and hide and make sure they don't see him. To give in secret. How cool is that? I know people have dropped off diapers to new moms, ring the doorbell and leave a big old box of diapers there, but do it in secret. I'm telling you, it's almost addicting when you start giving in secret. Like last week when Pastor Josh was talking about when he first gave, God tested him when he first got saved and he, he worked at FedEx and he gave his check and, um, and he didn't have gas to get back to work. And he's like, okay, God, you said test me in this. I gave my whole check. And so he goes and opens his Bible before he goes to work, right? And he finds $20 bill. Now, friends, back in that day, Pastor Josh probably thought the Holy Spirit really manifested that $20 bill and put it in his Bible. He, if I know my husband, he probably really, because y'all saw him. He was skipping. I can't do it in my hills, y'all. But he was, he was skipping. I mean, I, and I know him. I know that's what he was doing it's before we were married. But he probably thought the Holy Spirit manifested that $20 to put in his Bible. But, friends, somebody secretly went in his Bible and put 20 bucks there. And knew he would find it when he needed it. Come on, that's awesome. And who knows, someone might have heard him say that story. And we don't know who did it. And they could probably be thinking like, oh, oh God, we got him good. We got him good. Friends, it's so fun to give in secret. It's so fun. It's so fun. Now, see, if you're like me and you get a secret gift, you might be nosy. And you might want to try to find out who did it. Come on, ladies. I know I'm not the only one. One time, someone, you remember that one time? I think it was on a bush. 
and he gave us like an extra tax return. Like everybody got like another couple thousand, what was it, like $1,200 or something? The stimulus check, y'all remember that? Right? Someone gave us their stimulus check in cash, but we didn't know who it was. They put it in an in, in um, envelope, and boy, that's like I told you, this was early on in the, in, in the church. This is when, we, when I was scared to give $100 away because that was grocery money. We needed every penny back then, you know what I'm saying? So they gave it, you know, in their bank thing. It was cash. It rang the doorbell, and they were gone, and we're seeing this, this thing. And Josh was like, what is this here? You know, we pick it up, and we're, I mean, we did, we did like the, we, we got up, and we was doing like the Holy Ghost, you know, turn, man. We was like singing and dancing, like, oh, my gosh. And I knew how much it was because we had a stimulus check, too. I kind of like, someone, I bet you someone gave us their stimulus check. Who would do that? That's crazy. You know, and we're thinking like, wow, that's crazy. Who would do that? And, you know, I'm nosy. So I'm like, ooh, it's somebody who goes to this bank. Hmm. I know it's terrible. It's terrible. That's how nosy I, I, I am. But I thought, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to rob them of their blessings. Stop my research. Stop my detective act right now, Joy, and let them get their blessing in heaven. I learned because early on it was hard to receive blessings from people, especially people who give you things that, that you feel like you have more than them. You don't even want to receive anything. You're like, man, you need this more than me. And I've learned, man, I don't want to rob anyone of their blessing. And I don't want to be robbed of my blessing when I want to bless somebody else. God wants us to give to the needy, and he wants us to do it in secret. Man, I want us to raise up a culture here at Vision Ministries that we use our money to bless others instead of worrying about ourselves. But in order to do this, we need to take Pastor Albert's advice and know how are we going to bless somebody else if we don't have two nickels to rub together? That doesn't mean that we need to go back over to the, to, to the uh, Broadway Foods and think we're going to win the lotto like old dude did in the neighborhood. I think one and done, friends. I'm glad someone got blessed over here, but I don't think we're, we all need to be spending our money over there now. It's probably over, okay? <laughs> but how can we use our money wisely to invest in somebody else? Well, I'm going to tell you this. It starts with being a good worker. You've got to learn to be a good worker where your, where your job is. No matter what it is, if you are a Christian, you should be the best worker there. You should have favor and be promoted. Look at Joseph. No matter what Joseph did, if it was a slave, he moved up to being the head slave in the house. If it was being in a prison, he moved up to being the best prison guard. He, he was like the underneath the prison guard as a prisoner, right? If it was getting out and interpreted dreams for Pharaoh, he moved up to second in command. But no matter what he did, whether it was a slave or being underneath Pharaoh, the king, he did it with all of his heart. And what he touched, others around him were blessed. God wants to raise up a Joseph anointing in, in our body. That where you work at, it's going to be blessed because you carry the gospel there. Because you carry the kingdom of God. Because you carry the government of God with you when you go there, friends. And it's going to be blessed because you are there. And because you are there, God is there. We need to walk in that kind of favor. We need to walk in that kind of prosperity. But you've got to believe. You've got to believe that God wants to do it first. I know somebody that, that is really wise with their money that works here that keeps getting promoted and promoted, and um, they're, they're very blessed at their job. Matter of fact, they went to a conference, took their boss with them, and he got saved. <laughs> Friends, God wants to raise up uh, marketplace missionaries right here, right here in this city, at Jeep, at, 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 at uh, Chrysler, at all the other 
plants that we have here, God wants to raise up people that are going to be missionaries right in those places at the construction business or the computer business or whatever you do. God wants to use you like a Joseph to be anointed that that business would prosper and that you would prosper so that the kingdom of God can prosper, friends. God, money matters because he wants us to give to the needy. Another reason that money matters is because money gives believers opportunities to be extravagant givers. Mark 12, 41 and 44 says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offering were put in and watched the crowd put their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Friends, true extravagant giving is not measured by the amount as much as the heart in which one gives. See, extravagant giving is a byproduct, friends, of both personal and corporate revival. When revival comes, giving goes up. When revival comes, whether it's on a corporate level or a personal level, when God comes and he starts reviving things, when he starts bringing things to life in you, you can't help but give it away. You can't help it. And there's example after example after example in the Bible, but I'm going to hit just a couple of them. Extravagant giving to God was demonstrated in the Bible when Mary anointed Jesus with expensive perfume. You've heard it called the alabaster box. The worth was estimated a year's wage, a year's wage. Her act demonstrated for us the generosity and love we should show towards God. You can go back and read that in Matthew 26, but that was extravagant giving at best. Another example of extravagant giving is found in the Old Testament, and I love this one, friends. It's found in uh, Exodus 36, 3 and 7, right after they're coming out of slavery, friends. And it says, and people continue to bring free will offerings morning after morning. What's that say? Free will. So that means it was by what? The free will. No one forced them to do it. And it says, so all the skilled workers were doing all the work in the sanctuary left what they were doing and, and said to Moses, the people who are bringing more, more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded it to be done. Then Moses gave an order that they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. Can you imagine that? They're bringing in so much. The workers are saying, we, they're giving us too much. We, can't, we, we don't need anything else. And so Moses has to give a word. Stop bringing your offerings to the church, y'all. We got enough. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because they already had was more than enough to do the work. Friends, that's what God wants to do. He wants us to be such a blessing, such a blessing that, we, that we're saying, man, we got enough. Look at how we bless this family, and look at how we bless this family, and look at how the church is growing and prospering, and look at the mission efforts all throughout the world that's going on because of the generosity right here. Friends, true revival happens when people gave so much that Moses had to say stop. Now, this is something that, I, that always baffle, baffles me with those who are especially of the Pentecostal faith. We believe in the supernatural, amen? 
like Pastor Josh, we believe if God wanted to, he probably could just manifest $20 and put it in our wallet. I mean, he did it with, with Peter with the gold coin, and maybe God did that. I'm thinking he probably used a person, but you never know. Maybe he did, right? But we believe in the supernatural, right? And yet, for some of us, we can believe God for a miracle of a healing or any kind of other miracle, but when it comes to our finances, we act like God has nothing to do with that. How can we believe for the supernatural if we're not willing to trust him with the natural? Someone needs to say amen right there because that's good. That's good. Ain't that good? I'm telling you, I've been chewing on that for a while. That is good. Friends, we need to trust God with the natural. This is, <laughs> they did, they did in the book of Exodus and they did again in, in 2 Chronicles 31. And this is King Hezekiah. It says, In 11 and 12, Hezekiah gave orders to prepare storerooms in the temple of the Lord, and this was done. Then they faithfully brought in the contributions, tithes, and dedicated gifts. They were making repairs to the temple. Revival happened, friends. They made, they brought, the people brought so many gifts, they had to make storerooms to store all the offering and gifts that were being brought. Revival, friends. Are you an extravagant giver? See, because both the widow who only gave two pennies and the woman who gave a year's worth of wages were extravagant givers. Because it's not the amount you give, but the attitude in which you give that matters most to God. It's not the amount, it's the attitude, friends. See, 2 Second, second, uh, Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, this weekend, Pastor Josh said we had a circle of eight, and we did. And, and people, we kicked it. We kicked it hard, man. We was playing Pastor Josh and I's favorite board game called Catan. And while Shua has been playing with us for the last several years, and we have an expansion version, so he was able to play with the big dogs, right? It's Pastor Josh and myself and another couple from the church were playing this game. And it, it takes some time. You don't just, it's not just, it's not like, um, I don't know, like, sorry. It's not like a game you're going to get in and get out of quick. I mean, you're, you're going to put at least an hour into this game, okay? Um, and so it is, it, it's kind of a mixture between Monopoly and Risk. But anyway, I'm giving too much detail. So we're sitting there, we're playing this game, and... Well, Shua kicked all of our butts. Our 12-year-old beat four grown folks in this game. And, well, when he got up, after I told him he was stupid, sorry, you know, sometimes mothers have to, I told him he was stupid because I, I was like, well, I didn't say he was stupid, but I said his move was stupid because I was, he's sitting next to me, he showed me his card, and I saw his dad was trying to stop him from winning, and he gave away the card he needed. I'm like, that was stupid, Shoe. He was like, oh, yeah, you want to see stupid? Do-do-do. And he made a trade, do-do-do-do. and then he stole the longest road. He was like, oh, Bria, I won. And then he got up, friends, and he started skipping. All the way around the house. And then he goes like this. Can't see with my mic. Like this. And he says, I won. I won. I shot the baby gun. And you just couldn't help but be happy for the boy. I mean, he, I mean, he whooped us all, man. First you're feeling a little salty, but then after the skip and the win and I won, I won, you just couldn't help but be happy. And then I thought, boy, joy. I don't know why we ever named him Josh Jr. He's boy, joy. I just did that the last time I won, and now he's doing it. I know the feeling, man, because usually Pastor Josh wins all games, and we come in second. So it's great to win. 
But I thought to myself, as I was getting this message together, that's joy. That's being cheerful. That's how we should give our offerings to church. We should come to church and we should be like, oh, yeah, I got my offering today. I'm about to give to the Lord. I won. I won. I shot the baby gun. I mean, can you imagine? Friends, go to any church in Africa. That's how they give their offerings. We went to an African church in Columbus, and, boy, these people were coming down. They're like, woo! They're, like, swinging their dollar bills, man. They're like, yeah! They're laying it out at the altar. They got baskets, and they don't even get a, they don't even get a tax return for theirs. They don't even get a tax write-off. And they're just giving, like, yeah! <laughs> Come on! We used to do it in the world when you went to the clubs. But now we come in, we're like, oh! It's offering time. Some of us fake it when the basket goes. We drop something, but you know that ain't money. That's like, we've seen it before. Just empty envelopes. <laughs> what you faking for? Right? What you faking for? Man, we should be like, yes! Offering time! I'm going to be cheerful about it. I'm going to give to the Lord. Come on. Let's be challenged by that youthful joy that Shua had at winning that game. That's the kind of, that's what God is talking about when he says a cheerful giver. Woo, got my cardio in for the day. All right. The last reason I want to talk about money matters to God because of this, friends, because you matter. Because you matter. Really, money doesn't matter like that much. You matter. Money matters little to God in comparison to you. God cares about your heart. Money just reveals what's in your heart. When God grabs a hold of your heart, it's not hard for you to give him your wallet too. When he grabs a hold of your heart, you can't help but give, man. He's given everything for us. See, Matthew 16, 26 says, what good will it be for everyone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Friends, we can't buy salvation. That was already bought for us. All we can do is receive it. It was bought with the shed blood of Jesus. We can buy everything money has to offer. If we won the lotto, you know, I, I ain't going to lie. I imagine that was me. I mean, it was just too close to home. Who else did? I went to a bed imagining it. I ain't going to lie. I did. I ain't going to lie. I fell asleep imagining that was me over there. Matter of fact, I said, well, I didn't win, but I should go over there with my vision shirt and at least get some free advertising because, you know, the news was camped out. Pastor Josh wouldn't let me buy milk that day, y'all. I was about to give us some free advertising. Vision shirt, hold up a sign. We haven't been able to afford to put new signs in our buildings, y'all, but I'm giving us free advertising. I wanted to. But I went to bed imagining that I won the lotto. I did. I really did. And, and I thought, well, I, we ain't moving out of the hood. Pastor Josh ain't letting that happen. We're caught here. So forget that big house I'm thinking about. But I was thinking new carpet. Oh, Yes. <laughs> tiles, not the Walmart tiles that Pastor Keith put in that house, but I mean real tiles. Oh. Oh. And I appreciate Pastor Dawn painting my cabinets blue for me. Oh, what a sacrifice of faith. But I'm talking real oak cabinets. Yeah, I was thinking. I'm like, oh, and the light fixtures. And I started thinking, oh, what am I going to buy my kids? Oh, and of course, I'll pay the house off. But, Lord, you know, first I'm giving my tithe to you, and I'm going to pay off the church. And I'm thinking all these things that I'm, I'm going to do with this money. But then, you know, and then I had to, like, slap myself. Like, what is it if a man gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? It doesn't even matter. 
It doesn't even matter, friends. We're going to be here maybe if you're blessed 100 years. And those last 20, man, I, I talked to some of the elderly saints. They're like, I'm just ready to go home to see Jesus. They don't want to be here anymore anyway. They're like, man, I can't walk. I remember Pastor when I wore heels like that. I'm just ready to go see Jesus. <laughs> so even if you live 100 years, it's nothing, friends, compared to eternity with Jesus. Money matters little in comparison to you. You matter. Where's your heart at? Because when your heart is fully given to the Lord, you don't care about giving an offering. You're going to be like, sure, like, woo, yeah, I won. Giving to Jesus always makes you a winner, friends. Always. Always. I want us to be a church that's known for giving, not just receiving. A church that's known to bless others. I want to challenge you in 2016 to make it the year that God comes first. See, Jesus says this. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This week, when you are today, when you came in, you received a bulletin. And inside your bulletin, it says, Vision Ministries, You Matter Commitment Card. And this is a commitment card that I want you to take home because I don't want it to be under compulsion. Okay, unless you're like God, uh, like, well, like Josh, who's like God, and, and you pull it out, and God tells you what to do, like, right away. That's how it works with him usually, okay? But if you're like me, and you want to take it home and think about it and pray about it, go for it. But right here it says a scripture in Malachi that we've already read, and it says, I commit to tie 10% of my income on a regular basis, whether that's weekly, biweekly, or monthly. Pastor Josh and I do it monthly, and we have a go right from our bank right to the church. It's delivered right to the church from our bank. And then it says, if you haven't made that step yet, I, I would encourage you to go home and pray and make that step first. Because if you're not even given a tenth, um, that's the first place you should start. Maybe you've done that. And maybe you say, you know what, I want to step it up more. The next thing I would ask you to do and to encourage you to do is commit to give towards missions. I'm telling you, when you give to missions, there is like some kind of supernatural bond. There's missionaries that we give to, the ones that Pastor Josh gave our $100 um, to back in the day that we still support on a monthly basis. We don't really know these guys too much, too well, because they're, I mean, they live in a foreign country. They only come home uh, every couple years. But when they come home, we ran into them at a church uh, in Michigan. And what, I don't think we even knew that they were going to be there. And it was like, Pastor Josh was like, that, you just like look so funny. Like I did like one of those romantic movie slow runs to the wife. I'm like, <gasps> I mean, when I saw her, man, I felt like I was like, like jumping on clouds and running through, you know, lilies and valleys. And it just, it felt so great to see her because I feel connected in the, like our, like we're kindred sisters, man. And I, and I believe it's because I pour into her ministry. So everything, all the souls are getting saved in the country that she's in, which is a third world country that is, that's uh, illegal to spread the gospel. I get some treasure in heaven because of the work she's doing, because I'm sowing into it. And there's just like this spiritual connection. And so it's like, the slow run, man, I'm telling you, if you haven't given yet to missions, do it. I'm telling you, you're going to receive a reward for that. And then the next thing I'm going to ask, you know, maybe you already do both of those. There's a lot of people in this church that, well, not a lot, but there's a, a, a good group of us that give to both tithe and missions. And, and so this is the third challenge. If you already do that, why not commit to give an offering above your tithe to one of these things? You, you know, I know not many of us in here are very rich, okay? But we can give something. We can give up our Starbucks once a month 
to give towards the youth ministry. Because Pastor Steve could use some more stuff to help with the teenagers. Amen. Because teenagers like to go places. They like to go and they like to hang out. And they like to eat McDonald's, man. They love McDonald's, man. And they, and, they, and they just love to hang out and go places and go to concerts. And those things cost money. Or maybe you want to help give towards the building fund. Because that's what I'm going to be praying that Pastor Josh and I will help towards. Because I think it's important to have an elevator. And we still got six more or how many more months? Yeah, six, six more months to pay that off. So I'm going to pray about what we can give towards that. Right? Whatever it is, take it home and, and pray about it. If you would stand to your feet with me. We ask you guys to make this commitment because when you write something down, you stick to it more. You're more likely to stick to it. Just like in the beginning of the year when we say, I'm going on a diet and I'm going to live healthy. Three, two, two, three days later, you're giving that up. You're less likely to back out on that commitment if you actually get accountable and tell some people. And so that's why we ask you guys to write that out because we want you to be accountable. We want you to pray about it. Don't do it under compulsion. Pray about it. But if you want to give something beyond what you're doing right now, if you want to step it up in one of those areas, maybe one area, maybe two, maybe all three, depending on where you're at spiritually. But write it down so we can keep you accountable. God is good, isn't he? Money matters, but you matter the most. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your sons and daughters in the house today. God, I thank you that you love them, that they are uniquely called and gifted. God, I thank you that they would walk, Lord God, in the abundant life. The enemy comes to still kill and destroy, but God, you have come that we would have life and that more abundantly. God, I pray the abundant life over your sons and daughters in this house today. God, I pray that they would know that they are the head and not the tail, that they would walk in victory, that they would walk as overcomers, and God, that you would bless them and prosper them, that they could be a blessing to your kingdom and a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, one of our leaders uh, will be in the back, Pastor Earl, and make sure you greet him uh, if you're new with us today. If you do need prayer for anything else at all, feel free to come up and pray, and God bless you for coming today.